Father, we thank you for this time of worship. Lord, we thank you that you are king, that you are good. We thank you that you're kind and that you love us. And most of all this morning, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who you sent uh, on our behalf, Lord, to die for the sins of the world that we might have life in you. Lord, we worship you this morning. Amen. Good morning to High Point Church. My name is Andy. It's great to be here with you today. I'm the lead pastor of High Point Church. Uh, last week was Easter. It was a great time with you. I had uh, Amy and I had a lot of fun uh, getting to, to, to be on camera together uh, last week. It was great having Jason and Amy on uh, this week. Uh, uh, also great having our worship team with us. So uh, we are we are doing our best to create a great moment of worship. Our preference is to be together. Our preference is to worship with you. But just because we're not worshiping together doesn't mean that worship isn't taking place. Worship is still happening, whether it's from your home, uh, whether you're in your driveway. Uh, we can still worship together. and We're thankful for the opportunity to do that uh, today. In just a moment, we're going to transition to a time of preaching and teaching. But before we do, uh, I want to encourage you to continue worshiping uh, through the offering. And one of the ways that we've, we've set things that we've been working hard uh, to create digital options for you. So here's what I want you to do. Many of you are streaming this from your phones. Uh, some are, are watching from TVs and laptops. If you have the ability right now, I want you to take your phone. I want you to text HPINFO to 97000. It's been redesigned. Uh, we've got new ways for you to interact, to get connected, get involved. But there's also information on there for how you can give. And giving is an incredible opportunity for us to worship God, to give to Him what belongs to Him to see his kingdom advanced and elevated. One of the things, if you text HP Info to 97,000 that you'll see available is a fund that we've started called COVID-19 Assistance Fund. And you can give and help be a blessing to families that are, uh, that are in need right now. One of the ways the church has been the church uh, historically, especially in times of trial and hardship and suffering, is in, in the area of generosity. Nothing, uh, nothing gets people's attention more than sacrificial generosity. It doesn't even make sense. Why would we do such a thing like give? Well, we give because we know that God is ultimately in control. And we give because we love him and we love others. So let's be the church. Let's give and give sacrificially. You can give uh, to the, just generally as you would normally give. You can give towards uh, families that are in need. But regardless of how you give, let's be generous. And let's love others and love God. Amen? Amen. With that, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of John, chapter 6. Uh, as we transition into the time of, of teaching and preaching this morning, uh, I want to encourage you to still have a heart of worship. I know there's lots of things happening as we're streaming today, regardless of where you're streaming from, whether you're on East Coast, West Coast, another country, 
Uh, we're learning things in our own house. Uh, the, the amount of different distractions that can happen while we're trying to watch or participate in the message. I'm thankful to have you here today. Even in this brief moment, I want to remind you that Jesus is our living hope today. And we're going to read about how that's true here in just a moment. And as we, as we get to it in the book of John chapter 6, I want to give you a little background info here. Jesus is preaching and he's teaching and his popularity is on the rise. And why not? Jesus is preaching and people haven't heard messages like this before. Jesus is preaching with authority. Jesus is challenging religious authorities. Jesus is saying things that are weird and... <laughs> Weird gets a crowd from time to time. Am I right? Uh, Jesus is also healing people and, and miracles are taking place around this guy. Uh, I mean, what a whirlwind. And so his popularity is, is growing. People are, are mystified. They're intrigued. They're excited. They're hopeful. They're anticipating, you know, Jesus doing something. And in their case, they're, they're expecting him to overthrow at some point the Roman Empire. But Jesus is, is, is beginning to teach and preach. And the crowds are all traveling to Jerusalem for Passover. And somehow or another, they see Jesus. We don't know how, we don't know how the crowd coalesce. But we're talking thousands of people are now gathering around Jesus. A crowd, the Bible says, of at least 5,000, okay? That's a lot of folks, okay? That's a lot of people. And this is where we find ourselves in John 6, verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Verse 7, Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have just a bite. Okay, Philip is, is half offended, half bewildered. <laughs> Philip doesn't know what to think, right? Jesus is a novelty right now. Even amongst his disciples, Right? The attraction of Jesus is that he is, he is a novel experience. The word novelty uh, literally means the quality of being new, original, or unusual. Jesus is ministering and even encouraging his disciples to engage in ministry in ways that are unusual. Where do you think we could get a bite to eat around here? You know, we need to feed mm, five, six, seven thousand people. You think there's a place that could deliver, that, that could accommodate us? Of course not. This doesn't even make sense. And so what we have here is Andrew, another one of the disciples, he comes forward and he's got a young boy with some fish and he's got some, some bread. <laughs> he says, Jesus, you know, it's not much, but maybe we could do something with this, right? So you have Philip who's bewildered by Jesus and you have Andrew who's, who's found an appetizer and is, is, is curious to see what Jesus might be able to do. And Jesus tells everyone to sit down. In fact, he tells his disciples, spread the word. Have everybody take a seat. 
Philip doesn't think Jesus knows what he's doing. And in some ways, you kind of have to love the scriptures here in this moment because it's, it's, Jesus is kind of having a moment where he's like, okay, let me roll up my sleeves. I'm going to show you who I really am here. Okay? Hold my Bible. Right? And Jesus multiplies the fish and the loaves and they feed this entire crowd of over 5,000 people. Verse 12, when they had when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And the crowd goes wild. Jesus is at the height of his popularity, and why wouldn't he? People just got a handout. I mean, a hookup, a surprise. Imagine going, food is one of those things for us. I mean, we, we love, uh, uh, you know, some free stuff. We're going to get to that in here in just a minute. But you know what we really love? We love free food. If you've ever been to a restaurant and, you know, they're encouraging you to, you know, text this number, just subscribe to our list and you'll get a free appetizer. I mean, I, you can, I'm pulling phones and devices out of any place I can find them because give me that free queso, right? I want the salsa and the chips. I want that. Free food motivates us. And Jesus is, again, he's climbing in popularity. Why? Because people are experiencing a novel experience with him. It's unusual. It's different. He's teaching. He's compassionate. He's exciting. He's unusual. This is novelty Jesus at his finest. And then something happens. The next day arrives. See, when Jesus fed the 5,000, it was, it was late in the day. So people get some food and they're full. And they sleep. And this Jesus who provided them dinner, they're hoping will now provide them Breakfast. But Jesus is nowhere to be found. Jesus has gone and he's, he's left. He's gone. He literally gotten in a boat, traveled to the other side of the lake. And when the people get up, they're looking around. They're wondering where Jesus is. And so the manhunt ensues to find Jesus. And they finally discover where he is. And the crowd shows up. And it shows up big. John 6, 25, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, where did, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Here's the deal. People love free stuff, myself included. I'll give you an example. We love our community here uh, in Kennesaw. 
Marietta, Woodstock, Ackworth, etc. Our communities pull off extraordinary events, and one of the one of the ways that we're able to be a blessing to our community is by serving at those events. And oftentimes, in exchange for doing certain things, you can you can put a booth out and 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 extend invitations to a church service or something that you're doing. And many times, you give away something at that exchange. Uh, loads of businesses and organizations do the same thing. Uh, one of the, you know, one of the said events is around fall, around Halloween, a fall festival type thing. And our park pulls off a great event and our church is there and we've got our booth. And, and I've got to tell you, we have one of the best giveaways in that it's the, it's the little cellophane wrapped candy, you know, the plastic, clear plastic wrapped baggie with all the good stuff. Not some weak sauce trash candy, the good stuff. The kind of stuff that mom and dad are going to break into and sneak while the kids are asleep. Or maybe if you're really bold, right in front of their face. That's the kind of candy we got in there with a little church invite, the little tweed, wrappy tie thing, whatever it's all called. I don't know. Joanna Gaines would love it though. I'm confident of that. It's good stuff. It looks nice. And at these events that we have, I'm oftentimes there, my kids will come and we'll walk around and there are scores of booths doing similar things that, that we're doing. And everyone's giving away something. And we're here for it. I mean, from one booth to the next, you got the bag open, like gimme, gimme, mouth open, uh, more, I want more. I want more. And the lines that, that, that get the biggest attraction are the, are the organizations and businesses that have the most novel giveaway, the most unique, the unusual, the thing that stands out to you. But even in the novelty giveaway, I can't for the life of me remember one organization that's associated with the actual thing that they were giving away. In other words, I want the free stuff, but I don't actually care about the core messaging of the organization or the business or the ministry. I'm, I'm drawn to the free thing. And consequently, Jesus, here he is giving out free food. And the truth of the matter is people wake up the next day and they're wondering where the free food dispenser went. Where's Jesus, prophet, teacher? Yeah, I think he had something good to say. I don't really remember, though. What I'm curious about is there, is there more bread that's being given away? Because we need to find him. It's breakfast time, and I want that number three combo from Jesus right here. Come on, let's track him down. And they find him, and Jesus says, you're not after me. You're after what? I have to give you. In other words, you're after the bread. You're not after the bread giver. They want a novelty Jesus that provides novelty experience, that provides novelty giveaway, that provides novelty, you name it. That's where we find ourselves. Maybe, maybe you don't track with that example, though. My hope is if, if you, depending on where you live, if you're, 
up on what's happening on Netflix right now. There's a show that has taken the world by storm. And that show is called Tiger King. Okay. This is not Pastor Andy's endorsement that you should watch it from beginning to end, but make no mistake about it. It's a wild ride. Joe Exotic has, in the show, he created, a real thing, by the way, a roadside zoo for big cats, tigers. And at one given time, there were over 176 big cats on the property. And these cats have nothing separating you from them other than a chain link fence. Is it dangerous? I'll let you decide. Literally, as people are sticking pieces of meat through the fence. And you might say to yourself, why would anybody go there? Why would people do that? Why would they spend their money to go there? Because it's novelty. It's different. It's, it's unique. No one's seen anything like this. In fact, one of the testimonies uh, in the show is somebody who would spend, and I, I forget the amount of money, but he would spend a crazy amount of money to go there every single weekend just so that he could pet tiger cubs. Now hear me, I'm sure petting a tiger cub is great. But I think we can see the obsession that we have with novelty. And even as I was preparing this message, you know, there's a, there's a moment of just me kind of bearing, being transparent with you in this moment, right? And I know you're watching from anywhere. But there is, there is I have a desire to see our church grow here in the Atlanta area. And guess what? I think that's a good desire. I want to see our church grow. I want to see people come to faith that don't know Jesus. And I have been thrilled over the past several weeks to see and hear about people watching our service online that wouldn't have ordinarily watched it. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe you're watching right now. Maybe you live in Kennesaw, Woodstock, Marietta, wherever, and someone invited you to watch this. I want you to know I am so glad that you are here. I'm thrilled by it. Whether you're married, whether you're a teenager, college student, single, whatever walk of life you're in, I'm thrilled that you're here. And my hope and prayer is that you find a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, the King of kings. But what can happen in these moments, in, in, in a desire to see the church grow, in a desire to, to try to draw in all the new faces and the new voices and the new interactions, it, it can become very easy to try to sell Christianity to people. And I've got to be honest with you, um, I have found myself drifting into that, you know, not, not always as of late, but just in general, in the course of decades of ministry, uh, it's easy to find yourself in a position where rather than just giving people who Jesus is, we try to sell people on who Jesus is by pointing to the bread more than the bread giver. And consequently, 
you know, we, we emphasize all of these things and the glitz and the glamour and the, and the incredible things that you're, you're doing and, and all the different facets of church. I want you to like my church, so I'm going to impress you with my church. I want you to like my Jesus, the Jesus that's changed my life. So I'm going to help appeal uh, that you, uh, I want Jesus to be appealing to you. I want you to like him. I want you to like my church. I want you to like all of these things. And in order to help you like those things, we can, we can lower the bar as to what it really means to follow Jesus, to be changed by Jesus. We can change literally who Jesus is and we can sell people a novelty Jesus, a trinket Jesus, the free handout Jesus, rather than the Jesus who in compassion, yes, ministers to the crowd, yes, heals the sick, but is also the Jesus who stands in front of thousands and says, I am the bread of life. John 6, 34 through 35. Crowd has come and they want bread. They want the novelty moment, the novelty experience. They want the free stuff. And they say, always give us this bread. And Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, it always has been about Jesus. It is about Jesus and it will always be about Jesus. I like to collect things. In fact, you might see behind me, there are some books right over here. I collect leather bound books. In fact, I even have a subscription. This literally just arrived like a day before uh, getting ready for the message. This is Don Quixote, right? Listen to that. Oh man, if you can hear the pages just crack open, it's, it's glorious. It's a nice book. It's a book subscription that I have. What is it about? It's about novelty books, many leather-bound books. It's about the binding, right? It's about the stitching. It's about the gold-plated pages. But the reality is, if I was really passionate about this story, it, it wouldn't matter the binding and it wouldn't matter about, about the leather. None of these things would really matter because the heart of what I'm after is the contents of it on the inside. This is what the story is really about. It's not about the wrapping. It's not about the package that it comes in. It's what's on the inside that counts. And put this back. And yes, while experiencing Christ and his kingdom, there are moments where there's, there's bread to be experienced. There are miracles that take place. There are opportunities to serve and the community is, is changed or benefited because of Christians or Christianity. But at the end of the day, what we have to come to grips with is that it is Jesus and Jesus alone that will truly satisfy us. 
And if I try to sell you on anything other than Jesus Christ crucified, rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death, I will give you something that doesn't truly satisfy you. You will taste the bread and you'll like it, but eventually you'll come to a place where you want something different. What you need is Jesus. What I need is Jesus, the bread of life. Whoever comes to him will never grow hungry, and whoever comes to him will never thirst again. He satisfies and nothing else. And if I'm perfectly honest with you, this is a journey that I've been on. Pointing people to Christ in a way where all of the other things don't detract from him. Oh, they're good. Make no mistake about it. Even when we talk about, you know, what's happening in the global church right now, one of the things that I'm thrilled by is the stripped-down nature that the church is experiencing right now. I am not thrilled about what's happening with coronavirus in our communities or in your home or in your family. I want you to hear that with great clarity today. But one of the things that I think that has been produced and is still being produced is, is a coming back to the heart of, of what true Christianity looks like. It's not all the, the bread passing out moments. It's not all of the peripheral activity and the fringe things. It's the most basic things. It's love for Christ. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. It's serving one another. It's kindness to one another. It's loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but loving your neighbor as well. Knowing who your neighbor is. Knowing them by name. Prayer. I see people praying now that haven't prayed in a long time. People reading their Bibles again. I said it last week, but Bibles are flying off the shelves right now of department stores. I love that. And what we're seeing is a paring down of Christianity in a sense that the basics, the simple, beautiful pieces of the gospel, who Jesus is. Praying to him, worshiping him, reading the scriptures that point us to him, and experiencing community together, sharing what we have for the benefit of each other. That is the heart of Christianity. Jesus Christ crucified and glorified in our lives. I love that that is being elevated more than anything else right now. Passionate about it. But here's what happened in John 6, verse 66. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Come to me. You'll never be hungry again and you'll never be thirsty again. And by the way, in 2020, I believe that that is still true. But people didn't want Jesus. They wanted what Jesus could provide. They wanted the bread without the bread giver. They wanted the kingdom without the king. John 6, 66, from this time, many of his disciples 
turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus was not enough. Jesus wasn't enough. And as we move forward as a church, as a body of Christ, as men and women, teenagers, students, hungry for more of Jesus, the question that has to resonate in our hearts is this, is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough for you? Is he enough? If you're streaming this today and you're watching it or you're watching it days from now, I'm so glad that you're watching. I hope that you're hearing the, the heart of this message, which is simply this. There's no one like Jesus. And even though there is a tendency for us to become almost worshipers of, of what Jesus can do rather than who Jesus is, my my appeal to you today is to put your faith in Christ, to believe in Him, and to follow Him. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to blow it. Uh, you're going to jack things up a thousand times, just like I have. But there is no one and no thing that will satisfy the longing in your heart to be known and to experience peace, the peace that transcends all understanding. There's nothing that I can do or say other than point you to Jesus. There's no one like him. I can't make you like this thing or point to the bread because I promise you, you will become dissatisfied because it's not meant to satisfy you. It's meant to point you to Jesus. And this morning, today, whenever you're watching, I want you to hear this with tremendous clarity. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and He was sent to this earth, and He lived the life that we should have lived, and He died the death that we should have died. He died that death on the cross for our sins, and He rose again three days later, victorious over sin and death. And he invites all to experience the freedom that he provides, the life that he provides, life right now and life eternal by, by virtue of faith in him, belief in him. There's no one like Jesus and no thing, no blessing, no, no measurable anything will satisfy you the way that only Jesus can. If you're watching this morning, put your faith in Christ. You will never regret it. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you this morning that you are real, that you are good, that you are true. We thank you that you are the Son of God and that you did exactly what you said you were going to do. You died for our sins and you rose again on the third day, giving life to those who put their faith in you. You are the bread of life and no one satisfies but you. If, if you're watching this morning or today 
and you know that this is a moment for you where your heart has wandered, your eyes have wandered, and, and you want to restore that faith in Christ and follow him. This is a moment for you. Say, Jesus, I thank you. You are the king of my heart. I put my faith in you fresh today. I turn to you and I turn away from anything that does not honor you or please you. I choose faith in you today. And if you're, if you're watching today and, and you want to put your faith in Jesus and you've never done it, this is a moment for you also. Say, Jesus, I put my faith in you today right now. You are my King, you are my Lord, and you are my Savior. Change me and make me new. Thank you for saving me from my sins. Amen. Jesus is good, y'all. There is no one like him. There's no one like him. If you put your faith in Christ today, I want to say congratulations. And I want to encourage you uh, to do one thing today. In fact, even those of you who, who prayed, even if you're just watching, I want to encourage you to do this today. Uh, not only to let us know that you were here, thank you for commenting and putting a little post in the, you know, in the little comment section, um, but would you fill out a digital communication card? We want to be praying for you. We want to help you uh, take your next steps in faith. We want to help you get connected to a church, even if it's not ours. We want to help you get connected to one that's going to help you grow. We love you. We're praying for you. We're in this together. See you next week.